Hello, the internet, and welcome to this special episode mm. of The Daily Zeitgeist. Miles, what's special about this episode? Well, I would say, first of all, the location. Okay. We are not in our usual studio. We are not. Look at that. Yeah, yeah. I just realized that. You may hear some sounds right now, uh, and that's because we're currently at the LA Auto Show. We are, and we're sitting inside a car. Uh, yes. I often listen to podcasts inside a car. Uh, I've been told uh, by our listeners that they listen to podcasts inside a car. We have never spoken to you from inside a car. And now we are doing it. But this is not just any car. It is not. Okay, this is the 2020. Tell them what it is. Mazda CX-30. Mm. Okay, now, for some of you, you might say, well, what's that? I'll tell you what it is. It's one of the greatest cars I've ever seen. Full disclosure, do I own a Mazda? Yes. Do I you love do. Mazda? Yes. Am I half Japanese? Yes. Is Mazda a Japanese car company? Yes. All of the above, yes. Is this car lit? Yes. Not just, you know, in a very slang sense. There's actually really nice light coming in right yes. now. It's yeah. lit pretty, pretty beautifully. I think there's cameras in front of us as well. There is. This is an unusual environment, but this is an unusual circumstance. Mazda saw that the Daily Zeitgeist is probably the number one podcast on Earth. Probably. Officially. Undeniably. Verifiably. Undeniably. Don't look at the charts. It's not about the charts. It's about a feeling. <laughs> right. And we feel like we, the best podcast on Earth. Just like we engineer this podcast towards a feeling. Yes. Mazda engineers their cars towards a feeling. Yes. 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 I just do want to say uh, being in a car like this makes me feel very accomplished. Uh, has like stitching with leather yeah, on the look dashboard. That. Uh. That's something I never thought I would say. I would be looking <laughs> out uh, as I sit in this driver's seat. Miles and is weeping. There are tears rolling down his face, details. but he's doing a great job keeping it together. I mean, proud of you, man. Uh, look at you. I just, I'm sorry, Jack. I got to keep talking about this car. It's actually just full disclosure. I'm sitting in the driver's seat. Yeah. Yeah. Um, and the, again, people have heard me on the past in the show talk about posture and how important that is. This seat I'm in, it is it is tilting my pelvis in a way that is aligning my spine. Because, mm. you know, when you get in a car, you just want to lean back. Some people want the gangster lean. Yes. Sometimes I want to be upright because my back hurts. <laughs> and this is accomplishing that. And I feel, I yeah, just feel you look, hugged. You look uh, more upright. You look, like, healthy. Yeah. Like you're breathing for the first time. And also, it's the seat is giving me the hugs <sighs> that my father never gave me. <laughs> but that's a different episode entirely. Uh, yeah. I mean, we're here to talk really about this feeling of being alive. And when I think Mazda said, hey, we like y'all. Do mm. you like us? I said, well, I do. Yes. But what are we talking philosophically here? And they were talking about this whole campaign of feel alive, right? And feeling alive and what that means to people. And that got us thinking, what Flow does that mean? state. Exactly. Yeah. Uh, there's a really good book uh, by this doctor named Mihai Csikszentmihalyi. Csikszentmihalyi. Yes, who I learned about. He was uh, maybe still based at UCLA, but when I was going there, that's when I first heard about this man's work. And it's all about kind of how we quantify or how we qualify how what it means to feel alive or what adds to our general feeling of uh, what's the word for life? Virality? V virile? Vitality. Vitality. Thank yes. you so much. See, I'm overwhelmed by the interior and the new car smell. Mm. Yeah, um, it does smell good in here, actually. I know. I, we might just do 30 minutes yeah. of hard sniffing. Is it, weird? <laughs> is, it weird? is it weird that I'm breathing so oh, much on this episode? You know what? Hold on. Yeah, it's leather. Steering wheel? Leather. Yeah. That's a new, that's a new, that's a wow. new one for me. Um, yeah, and just sort of this idea of like what it means to actually add to this feeling of, of living. Yeah, and you so were you were saying that. that he has kind of an interesting background, right? Yeah, that brought him to 
to this study? Essentially, right, he was growing up in war-torn Europe after World War II and sort of looking around at people's on trying to understand, you know, with the complete absence of like property or infrastructure and things like that, he still noticed that people were able to maintain some sense of well-being. Right. As the Daily Zeitgeist re- resident historian, uh, I had always imagined that war-torn Europe would be, uh, I think the technical term is a bummer. Uh, yeah. Yeah. But you you were saying that he found people <laughs> who term is a bummer. Uh, he he found people who were enjoying their lives. They were. Yeah. Kind of and that kind of sent him on this journey of trying to understand, like, OK, what does it mean to feel alive? Like, what, how do we even define what we do in our lives that give us this feeling of like wellness or meaning? Right. Um, and so at first he was trying to find that secret sauce and what that all means. And I think we'll talk about that after this break. All right. And we're back. Uh, Still in a car. Reminding you, still in a car. You know, I'm going to actually close this moonroof because I just wanted to say moonroof. Yeah. Want to get a little atmosphere going in here? Should I? I'm going to get in the back seat really quick. Are you? Yeah, I just want to feel this. Hold on. Sorry, guys. Can he do that? Yep, I can. Watch me. Oh, yeah. (laughs) Oh, there we go. Oh, yeah. Now, is it strange for you to be in the back seat of a car? I know, like, the. After like driving the same car for three years, I got in the back seat of that car of your own of my own car, and I was like, "Wow, this I've, uh, this is strange." To be honest, with me in the back seat, you in the front passenger seat, and no one in the driver's seat, I'm pretending we're in an automated vehicle. Yeah, and the year <laughs> is right. 2020. Uh, so yeah, back to the flow. Back to the flow. Let's get in the flow. Yeah. I think a lot of people, you're probably asking, okay, what is a flow state? I'm sure you've seen TED Talks. Maybe you have. Maybe you haven't. Right. But it's basically, you know, it's a zone that people get in. Where right. Athletes call it the zone. Yeah. Artists. Call it. With their more flowery language, call it flow. Yeah. Inspiration, maybe creative yeah, yeah. inspiration that they don't know where it comes from. Mm-hmm. Um, but through uh, Mihai's research, he was first interacting with people like musicians and artists and trying to find out, like, okay, how do they feel alive? And realize a lot of the, what they were discussing is, with a painter, when I'm painting, time just seems to melt away as, you know, the creativity flows through my brush. And I know not what I'm doing. I'm merely a vessel for this inspiration. And a lot of art, like even musicians would describe this. And at first he was like, okay, maybe this is a thing limited to just musicians or creatives. Right. But then he realized because musicians are the only happy people on earth, right? Well, no, you know why he says <laughs> it, right? Is because like a lot of artists, they'll toil and they will they will pursue their art sometimes without any kind of fame or fortune right. because to them that whole pursuit is what's meaningful to them. And I think that was sort of the beginning part of like, wait, hold on. So it's really not about a lot of the times we think about is this happiness tied to like wealth or your location or your age and you know, through a lot of research, you realize income hardly affects your overall state of well-being or sense of well-being. Right. And people will chase creative fulfillment despite, you know, not not having uh, some, some of those things that we think are the goals of life. Right. How many people do you know who have a SoundCloud page? <laughs> uh, I think it's uh, everyone. How many people have a podcast? <laughs> yeah, yeah, exactly. No, but I mean, I think like at the same way, we look at a lot of people, you'll see people who, whether it's through their art, you'd be like, man, I can't, they're still doing it. 
yeah. you're still doing it. Because at the end of the day, a lot of it isn't really about what maybe we define as like the end goal, but more about what is actually fulfilling us in that pursuit. Yeah. And that's what this flow state is all about. It's a zone where you engage in a task that requires skill. It has to be skill. It can't just be, you can't just be on autopilot. Right. And it has, so it has to be slightly challenging and also provide you instant feedback. That's when he realized, okay, this is a way to achieve this state without being a creative, so to speak. Yeah, I think there's an aspect of it uh, that is like what, you know when you're going downstairs and you, if you think about how your feet are moving one in front of the other, like it messes you up, but you are, you're, there's like a part of your mind that has no like conscious awareness that is making your feet like move faster than the speed of thought. Like it's like that, but at a larger overall level, there has to be like all these other things like creative fulfillment. I'm sorry, do you, you struggle walking down? The <laughs> <laughs> That's the main takeaway. So you know how, <laughs> you know how I'm always thinking left foot, right foot, down left a little foot. bit, down yeah. a little bit more. So you know how I have to uh, audibly <laughs> say, say one foot, two other foot, foot. <laughs> one foot, two foot, three foot. I'm like, oh, yeah. I don't know how he knows how to go. Oh steps. boy. No, it is. And I think, you know, just with the uh, the studies they've done, right? They've even played uh, two pe like the same music played by two different kinds of performers. One, like you know, we'll say it was like a, a Mozart uh, quartet piece or something. Yeah. And realized they played two groups of musicians. One that were like seasoned pros who just do like just they're like put the music in front of me and I can just rip through this. Right. And then another group who was a little more less about just sort of like less mechanical, right? Like they were more engaged rather just on autopilot and even when they played this music for people, the people 90% of the time said the version that was not on autopilot, the one where people were like much more engaged and even playing the piece, even if they didn't know music, it sounded better to them. Right. You could almost like feel the feeling coming through. Exactly. Yeah, there's another uh, kind of example of this with uh, people think of photographic memories as uh, like acting as as if it's a camera, right? Mm -hmm. Like. But so one of the people or one of the groups of people that are famously have photographic memories are chess masters. They can just look at a board and like for one split second and remember every piece like where it was and the on position the board of the yeah, pieces, and, right. and the position of the pieces. But they found that it doesn't work if the pieces are just arranged randomly in a place in a way that they couldn't actually get to for a game, so it has to be like part of some overall structure. Basically. Oh, right, like you couldn't just randomly put like a pawn in a part of the board it wouldn't reach or a rook or something right. like that. Yeah, Got it has it. to actually be like part, like somewhere in the course of an actual chess match or else their brain like won't capture it. So it's like connecting the actual context, the actual overall goals uh, with whatever their art form is, with you know, being able to be so good at the thing that you can kind of dissolve into it like some people can when they're going downstairs, and I can't. <laughs> but I've been studying it, and I think one of these days I'm going to get it. Do you, so is going downstairs a flow activity for you? <laughs> <laughs> That's why you always take the stairs. You're like, yo, i got to get right real quick. I'm going to go up and down these steps and <laughs> just bliss out. Do you know the feeling I'm talking about, though? Yes. Like, Yeah, your, your feet are actually moving. Like, that was one of the things that when I was young, like, first made me realize, like, oh, like, the thought is not something necessarily that you can fully 
you know, uh, put into words. Like there's there's things happening that I don't have access that, to. Yeah. Yeah. Well, I think that's access to. that's the part where you're trying to make like the subconscious like part of your consciousness, and then you're like, wait, it's better when this is just on autopilot. Yeah. Exactly. I don't need to actually look into how that's happening. Right. The um the the one actually important thing about the uh, the flow state is like back to that musical comparison piece is that the whole reason is like it has to be a challenge right so th there some people have actually researched i think it was swedish researchers found that it has to be like something like four percent sort of above your skill range so it's not quite enough to frustrate you while you engage in it but just enough that you're like wait i'm actually i'm able to do this and it's something is you know giving me a little bit of a challenge right and that's kind of the sweet spot that people always look for is like it can't be autopilot but just a little bit of a challenge that way it really brings out this feeling of achievement and purpose in what you're doing right uh yeah chick sent me high said that like if you're too good then you you know despite the fact that you're succeeding at the goal over and over again like the the thing that it made me think of is like michael jordan you know, retiring. Right. So. Well, I think it's one of those things too, because it adds to your state of well-being. I think <laughs> for Michael Jordan, he has to be winning and competing, or else right. it, it sort of he, he loses that sense of, am I even alive? Right. And like tennis players, like they have to be going against someone that they're evenly matched against, or else it like you, if they're playing me. I won't bring, like, if Andre Agassi is playing me, I he will lose. bring, yeah, he will definitely lose. <laughs> uh, uh, I could beat Andre Agassi with a frying pan, but he wouldn't be challenged by me, so he would, like, not need to get into the zone, basically. Um, right, well, I guess, yeah, because it would be autopilot at that point. He might as well be playing, like, a tennis ball machine. Right. That's... <laughs> Got a weak forehand. They do call me the the machine. The machine on the tennis court. With the weak forehand. Yeah. Uh, I'm actually gonna come back up to the front Ooh. seat. I'm what just a full disclosure for the for the listeners. When you hear this, that's okay. I'm just out here. Uh, hi, how are you? Good to see you. Okay. <laughs> Shaking hands, Everybody's kissing right. babies. I love your jacket. It's great. <laughs> and the gold embellishments on your jacket as well. Fantastic. Oh yeah, look yeah, at that yeah, jacket. Yeah. Don't worry, there's a wonderful jacket. Yeah, I see. Um, we do a little audience car. participation. You know. Yeah, yeah. I got an eye for style. You know, <laughs> it's not just about the. I clearly have an eye for style because I'm yes. in the CX30. <laughs> yes. Uh, but uh, back to the flow states. I think with flow states it's interesting to sort of dissect or kind of talk about how it differs from person to person because i think right now a lot of the examples are like well i'm not michael jordan i'm not uh i might not be a chamber musician right uh or an artist necessarily and like looking at different people's flow states is also really interesting because i think it's just in general right it's it's good to identify that for yourself right because everyone has some kind of activity where that does happen and you probably didn't realize what it was you're just sort of like oh i really like to do i like to drive or i like to play video games or yeah. things like that chicks Sammy high talks about how you can actually uh like do this with everyday activities if right. you like give yourselves the if if you give yourself the right constraints like yeah you make getting to work like your drive to work and like beating your record for getting to work in safely, a safe manner, obviously. Uh, but it's like at a breakneck speed. Yeah, uh, <laughs> like you can uh, you can make that into a flow activity, right? And so he was even looking at people who 
you know, people who seemingly, I guess on paper, you would say this person is in their like 60s. They work a factory quality control job. Right. But they were off the charts with like happiness and fulfillment. Right. And he would look at people like that and be like, OK, what's the secret here? And in talking to this one guy who I think would quite literally as cans came down like a line at a factory would just sort of tap on the tops to be able to understand like, okay, what's inside or there's too much air, there's not enough, whatever. Yeah, that even by checking through, like sort of using this method of tapping on top of the cans, his day melted by. He's right. like, I don't even feel like I go to work because it it's like coming at a speed that is relying on a very developed skill to sort of give him meaning, purpose, and again, Make gives you that flow alive. state. Yeah. Uh, you were saying like Cormac McCarthy has, I mean, I don't know if it's necessarily a flow state, but it's definitely some yeah. kind of state involving his creativity. Yeah, I always find it interesting to like look at people who are really good at what they do and like ha like what their method is or like how it feels to them when they're uh, in the in the flow state. And Cormac McCarthy, when he was writing The Road, said it was basically dictated to him by a voice in his head, and he was just like typing to like keep wow. up with the voice. Wait, so it wasn't even so it wasn't like thinking. He was like you yeah. know like in the old I guess Greek like sort of idea of the genius like being visited by right. a genius yeah because i think that's how they used to actually define it right it wasn't that you had or you had a genius or now people became geniuses at first you were visited by the sort of genius or like inspiration right yeah he or is that how he is that how he explains his like grammar when he writes he's like yo man it's because this voice is talking to me i'm right. just getting the words i can't up. keep up look it doesn't capitalize it that's doesn't like punctuate it, that's why it doesn't put punctuation on anything <laughs> doesn't use commas or quotation marks yeah. um yeah he also wrote a really interesting essay recently uh, that kind of ties into this uh called the cuculé problem that's about the guy who uh figured out the he like won the Nobel Prize for figuring out the structure of the benzene uh, molecule. Okay. And the way he did it was, uh, he was having a nap like by a, by a fire and started uh, dreaming about a snake eating its own tail. And then he woke up and was like, ah, that's it. It's like an Ouroboros is the structure of the thing. Uh -huh. So like his mind basically like melted into like having access to like he couldn't put it into words. Right. It, it needed like his mind like basically went to this uh, visual place. Whoa. Uh, but the person who I most like to think of uh, the zone for is have you ever seen that guy folding the pizza boxes really fast? No. You haven't seen that? The guy who's ah, maybe like I've seen a gif of it. Yeah. Wait, of just like taking cardboard pizza boxes and just going through them wildly. He like turns it into one motion. For me it would be seventeen motions. Like it would take me forever. Wait, but don't you have to like fold like five sides? He's like folding it as he's throwing it forwards and then like bending it. it it's really incredible. Is this something you saw at Mac and Manco's Pizza or something? <laughs> Mac and Manco's. Shout out. Uh, shout out to Mac and Manco's. Wait, City, wait, wait, wait. Is it, this is just a video? Yeah, it's seen? just a video. That, oh. But I, I do love videos of people who are, like, really into, who are just, like, way too good at everyday tasks. Yeah, like, or you see people just, like, even chefs, like, right. like breaking down a pineapple yeah. in, like, three seconds. Like, right. sh -sh 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 -sh. I mean, exactly. I think that's sort of what people, like, that's exactly the kind of zone you're in because at a certain level, even with, if it's pizza boxes or wielding a knife with a pineapple, like right. you you need to have the skill to do that yeah. or else you can completely get 
taken out of it or even hurt yourself. Yeah. As I've learned. Dan O'Brien gets really into uh, loading dishwashers. Like that that gets him in his flow state. Really? Yeah. What's the challenge there? Just like get doing it fast, like doing it like efficiently, putting everything in the right spot. Okay. Yeah. What what, do you, what kind of flow states you rock with? Oh, miles. <laughs> oh, uh, so oh I, boy. <laughs> one of the things, even though I'm not a gamer, uh, one of the reasons that I'm not a gamer is because I've had uh, video game playing experiences where my time just like melted away. Like completely, I had like no access to what I was doing right, for like right, four right. hours yeah. while playing Angry Birds. <laughs> <laughs> I know, Angry. yeah. <laughs> Angry Birds really got me, man. You're like, man, it's that one. It's like it's so big. I don't know how to get around that. Right, boss pig. What? What about you? Uh, I have a few different ones. I guess we'll, we'll let's we'll go back. We'll trade. Okay. Uh, I uh, I think in line with that, video games is definitely something that uh, gets me in a state where time melts away. And I think that's a lot of the reasons why gaming is pretty big, because I think most people will describe it as an activity that you're engaged in, requires a little bit of skill, unless you're just you know pwning people online. I don't know if you're playing a bunch of noobs, but like right. you know it requires a little bit of skill. It gives you instant feedback, like because you can see exactly what you're doing on the screen, uh, and it. It gives me a sense of purpose. Yeah. <laughs> I can't. It's really like one of those things where I can look down and I'm like, I have wasted. Well, not wasted, but like I'll look down and I'm like, okay, three and a half hours have passed. Yeah. And I need to get up and do things. But it's it's very enjoyable. I think another thing for me actually is like driving um, in like new cities yeah. or places where I'm not as familiar with the roads. Uh, I mean, I think being in L.A., like we drive very it's like we're, we are on autopilot for right. the most part because we have our predefined routes to get from point A to point B. We know all the roads. Um, and also with traffic, you're not driving very quickly. Right. But when I find myself driving in other places, like I'm so just fascinated, engaged, and then like just, I don't know, I, I treat it like a more of a like a task or something. Right, when I'm you're like more sort alive of, to it. Yeah, exactly. Yeah. And I think that's what's that's something that also, you know. Although I will say that you and my other friend who grew up in Los Angeles, like, really come alive, like, when you're in the car in L.A., just, like, figuring out the best way to go. <laughs> yeah. Like, because you guys know, like, you have the whole map of the city, basically, in your mind. So it's, they, they actually say that, like, one of the most developed brains are cab drivers in London. Because, yeah. Yeah, because they just know, like, an entire city and like all the different. I think part of the test though also is like that you have to know almost right. without maps right. the entire city, and I think that's an you know that's a skill that we're losing as people. You know. Yeah. No, I do wonder how how much like the the fact that people are now relying on ways instead of like really engaging with you know the grid of their city and like the act of getting where they need to go uh, is affecting you know. That might uh, have something to do with like rising, because like accident rates went way down, and then they started going back up again. Especially when it comes to uh, to pedestrians. Well, I think also too, it's because you're you're when you engage your mind like that, it is like a muscle. Right. So in a way, not that it could atrophy or whatever, but you you aren't you aren't keeping your tools as sharp as they can be. And yeah. I think that's a really important thing to to think about. Um, another really big one for me, I, and I realize I'm not actually doing it enough, and could be leading to my sense of not feeling as alive as I could be, is actually like uh, playing and making music. Right. I used to do that a lot, like yeah. almost 
in college every day. I was like uh, like a producer who was not making any money. But <laughs> I could sit at my computer, I could bring in samples, I could play keyboard, bass, or whatever, and it would instantly, instantly, I could, I'm not even joking, like eight hours could pass. And I would have this, like you start vibing with your own work or whatever, you have that instant feedback. It'll be the skill involved is sort of trying to figure out what kind of chords you want to use, what kind of rhythms you want to use and things like that. And that is such a, such a beneficial activity. And I think it's really important, I think, for anyone listening too, is like realizing like what those things are for you. Because it could be as simple as like, you know, they had truck drivers right. who were in, in the, one of his books too, were just saying like, Purely doing that on the road, knowing I have to like be careful to get this thing safely from point A to point B is super engaging. And the time goes by. I think it's really important that like everybody tries to figure out what that what that is for them, what that means to them. Yeah, that was actually one of the really cool things about this experience is uh, Mazda gave us like a half hour to talk to one of their engineers. And they were talking about how they engineer the car, like including up to like the split second, like which wheel is moving faster, which wheel is getting the emphasis yep, dude. Uh, to G vectoring. Yeah. Uh, to specifically like feel as opposed to, you know, being right on the, on the nose, like of whatever, like the scientific uh, balance would be. They actually engineer it to what it feels like to the driver. Well, right. Cause it's all about, I mean, in the abstract, you can crunch numbers and say mathematically, right. This, this is, is the ideal thing. Or even with you're talking about a flow state that you could say, well, these are the parameters. But at the right. end of the day, it really is the feeling of it. And I think that's what's interesting is I think most car companies would be like, okay, how do we get it as tight as possible on paper? Right. And that's it. Ship yeah. it off because we figured out mathematically engineering from an engineering standpoint, this is the best thing. But for them at Mazda, they go, okay, we know what the best thing is on paper. Now, right. how do we also then find that middle ground, the balance between what's perfect, maybe algorithmically, mechanically, yeah. and then what's sort of perfect from an experiential side. And yeah. I think that's really, you know. It's kind of dope. They, they kind of add a soft science element to uh, yeah. the hard science of, you know, engineering. They're going to have trouble getting me out of this car, actually. <laughs> I know the auto show is happening, but right. I, can't, I can't go back to my Mazda 3 after being the <laughs> X30. Can I? It is super nice. The I would. stitching really does do it for me, man. It's also this perforated leather on the back. It feels mm. like I'm racing. Uh, all right, let's take one more break, and we'll come back and talk about some of the benefits of flow. And we're back. And are there any other experiences that put you in a flow state uh, you want to talk about? I, I was going to say that uh, riding, uh, we were talking before, uh -huh. uh, one of our sales people uh, works, or uh, used to go to Ocean City, New Jersey, uh, mm -hmm. when she was growing up, yep. just like me. Uh, and that brought me back to uh, body surfing body surfing was a thing that just like would i would go out there and like <laughs> be there for like five hours oh really yeah just how how many times did you just get absolutely slammed demolished. yeah i loved getting like that that was fun because you're just like kind of wait that's fun getting slammed yeah i mean because oh. the waves on the, on aren't the that coast big aren't as big yeah. man i the few times i tried body surfing places where it was big and i Dislocated my shoulder. Yeah, because yeah. you you get that first arm out, and then when you get down, ooh. 
a lot of injuries happened on a beach in Costa Rica once. Actually, that was that. <laughs> Actually, that happened to me in Ocean City two years ago when I was in terrible <laughs> shape. <laughs> nope, never happened. Yeah. Okay, full disclosure, two years ago, <laughs> I it, it, wrecked it myself. Yanked my arm behind my back. Is um, it being in the water, or you think it's just that? It's, it's kind of, I think it's being in the water. It's uh, what... Uh, Chick Sammihai talks about with like having the overall goal, but then like smaller goals in between. Right, like, right, right. You know, uh, just being in there treading water, like picking a wave. But right. then, yeah, just overall uh, the experience of it, and you kind of dissolve into the ocean. You know, what would be so hilarious is like a, like a body surfing mixtape. <laughs> it's just you. It's just you. But using GoPros and yeah. stuff for like a like a a, a drone, right. and you're just out there like, dude, super slow mo. This guy's catching a wave. <laughs> he's almost see forty. His arm in the middle of the wave. <laughs> yeah, he's just, just cutting it so up. So tight. <laughs> What's um, the ideal soundtrack for a, for a for body, body surfing surf mixtape? Yeah. Oh man. Yeah. I don't know. Maybe Flow Rider. Something yeah. by. Flo- I don't know. Actually, Hustle that's and it. Flow. Uh, yeah, maybe not. Um, okay, so when you look at the, we talk about flow a lot and how it's good or whatever, but there are actual tangible benefits. Obviously, aside from the enjoyment aspect, a lot of it it does actually have uh, an effect on your well-being associated with your subjective well-being and sort of, you know, when you're able to do these activities that put you in this state, each time you do it, it just kind of bumps your your well-being or your sense of purpose up just bit by bit. Uh, and also just generally it adds to your like feeling of overall happiness. Like when they actually right. talk to people who regularly engage in it or have identified flow states, like how they feel after it, increased levels of happiness or even at your job, right? If you actually end up having a job where what you do puts you there. Like I know some of our listeners uh, like are butchers and things like that. Yeah. And you can tell, I'm sure, you know, processing those things requires skill. You want to do it quickly. You have instant feedback. Boom. And it also leads to just, you know, you're more productive. Shout out to him. What's what's that butcher's name? Travis. Travis. Yeah. Yo. American he, butcher. W- when you see him putting work in, yeah. like you definitely can like feel the flow state through the yeah. through the screen. Well, I think that's one of the reasons why like even what you're talking about like with that um with that pizza box thing, right. when you watch it you're like you can contact Yeah, contact. Contact uh, flow. Yeah. <laughs> contact <laughs> flow, flow state basically. Yeah. yeah. Yeah, I mean, they talk about yoga being like kind of being a way to almost hack yourself into a flow state a little bit because it's like putting you, it, it's making you mindful of your body in a way that's like sort of in line with kind of flow state. Right. And I think a lot of people think too, like if you, there is something that they refer to as just sort of general mindfulness. Right. And that's sort of a step down, but at the same time still has those benefits because, you know, being mindful is just adding a level of awareness or just taking yourself out of autopilot. So even as something as simple as you're driving, like even being like, okay, what's some, how aware can I be as I do this? Like, when am I braking? When am I turning the wheel? Um, so mindfulness is like another way to at least begin to move in that direction. I think just to become familiar with that feeling. Yeah. Uh, with driving, like I, I jokingly mentioned, getting to work at, like at breakneck speed, but you can also do it like one way that I've been able to do it through driving very is, like, slowly and have everyone drive. hop behind you, <laughs> drive as to slow get to as work. possible. <laughs> See if you can make it take two hours to get to work. No, try and like find ways to make other people's days like just tiny bit better, like by like letting somebody in. Oh, or, you know, like, I mean, just, I could talk about that all day. 
that what you're talking about is almost really a realignment of how you're even engaging day to day because I think a lot of the times we're always thinking of like, well, what can what can I get? Yeah, what, what can I get? Who, who's going to give me something? Yeah. And I think when you do that too, a lot of the times you'll find yourself in situations where maybe the universe is like, what can I get from you? Right. And you're like, oh, what? Yeah. Versus like what you're saying, you're at, you're out here being like, how can I serve? Yeah. How can I add? Yeah. To this? I mean, I think they, you know, even. Well, like, regardless of religious beliefs, like, people who have those sort of frameworks that they're working within tend to have, like, higher levels of overall, like, well-being and just, like, Oh, yeah. No, I think in general, right, like, I think the more you can, you know, as I I shift to Miles' philosophical corner, uh, (laughs) the more of, like, an abundance mentality you have. Like, you know, when you're... Do we have the theme song? For Miles' philosophical moments. Miles' philosophical moments, brought to you by Oprah. Um, <laughs> no, like those moments, right, where you're, uh, you, if you feel that there's more abundance, you're more, you'll be more generous because right. you see that there is, there's much to give. Right. And I think when you look at things as being finite or uh, you have a scarcity mentality, that's when you see people, especially in LA, where they like never let anybody into a lane or like right. never want to be accommodating. It's because they're just like, they're operating in a place where it's like, well, if I do that, then there's nothing for me and then I'm getting to my, pl-, you know? Yeah, and yeah. I think that's what's, yeah. I'm just gonna, I just want to see how far this seat goes back. Sorry guys, I'm doing an experiential thing in the car right now. This is new for me being in the uh, passenger side. This is a very nice passenger side, but my Do you never are you never in the passenger seat? Never never wants to drive. I'm I'm always Is driving. yours automatic? Oh, this is going back. Oh, wow. Yeah. Is this legal? All right, we're going to take a nap. Is that cool? Yo, uh, this is going so far back. <laughs> oh, wow. I love this. Yeah, this is nice. You know what? This could now see now I'm ready for therapy. Jack, tell me about uh, your childhood. <laughs> Did you ever sit in the front seat as a child? Uh, by the way, listeners, that was the sound of me weeping. Uh, <laughs> that was you laughing. <laughs> that wasn't a playful laugh. I don't like where this is going. <laughs> also, this uh, has really great crash radius. Crash radius. Uh, Rate, rating, not radius. <laughs> <laughs> really great crash radius, you know, the whole thing. Uh, you know, what? a big car well, guy. <laughs> might be obvious to you. Oh, see, this is that's where I come in. You know, yeah. Because I... Hold on. Although this has been super cool. Like, well, no, I think even too, like what the engineer we were talking about, his background is like rally car driving. Right. And then to even talk about just sort of how that philosophy even goes into their cars, even though you might not be doing, you know, driving rally tracks right. or courses, go, you know, blasting through Baja. Right. You still, those same philosophies are put into just your everyday driving because those are subtle things that actually add to the overall experience. Um, and, you know, I'm just going to say, uh, Mazda, I'm not getting out of this car. Right. I'm he's, saying this now. He's serious. He when will he, have when to he call gets security. this tone, you guys, it's, this is it's my not serious a joke. Tone. This is he's, me saying, I'm not uh, leaving. Yeah. And I will need, be a problem. Please keep these cameras rolling. A lot of people. Um, <laughs> because I have found, man. <sighs> Seriously, what do we got to do? You look pretty good. For me to stay in here. Do you I look good in here? Yeah, you look. You fill it out. What are you that basing that off of? Uh, what am I basing it like, off what of? Do, what are, what are the, what Just like you your posture, your general, like it f- you, you've adjusted the seat right to like where you, w- I feel like you would be sitting. Do I look confident? <laughs> you look, you look confident and fulfilled. Thank you so much. Yeah. No, on a deep level. I mean, no, I've, I'm feeling like I'm living my best life right now. Mm-hmm. And it's not because there are all these cameras around us. Right. Uh, Maybe that too. Yes. You've been smiling broadly like a cheerleader for the past 40 minutes. It's, I'm kind of impressed that your face hasn't cracked. Well, I'm the self-proclaimed king of the LA Auto Show. Yeah, Please yeah. come by my throne at any point. 
yeah, so with that, y'all, uh, thanks so much for joining us on this special episode. Very special episode. And also, let us know, like, you know, what's your flow states are, because I'm always curious, like, there people have so many different ones. My mom's is just literally trimming cactuses in her backyard. Oh, I She's, thought you were going to say feeding possums. No, no. Well, I think feeding possums is her passion. Right. But she doesn't achieve a flow state. That's just sort of out of her overall ethos as a human being. She has to project weird <laughs> stories onto possums as to why they need to be helped. <laughs> um, they're always single mothers, just so you know. Actually, one question I had it, is watching movies, that can't be a flow state, right? Because, like, I'm not, it's completely passive. It is very passive. Right. But I think it's. It, if it makes you more mindful, that, yeah. that's one thing. Makes time melt away. And I also have like a weird connection where like I remember where I saw every movie that I saw in theater. Like, just did you keep used to keep all your movie ticket subs? Uh, no, uh, I never did that. I used to as a kid. I collect them, and then uh, I lost them all. I used to really think it was the coolest thing for to me. I'm like, yeah, look at all my movie ticket stubs. Right. I saw Three Ninjas <laughs> without my mom. Right. Just so, 40 pieces of 40, uh, Three Ninjas tickets. Right. <laughs> I saw it a bunch. Yeah. <laughs> um, all right. Well, shout out to you guys for uh, listening to this and yeah. uh, let it, let us know about your flow states. Yeah. Uh, you know, Shout out to Mazda. Yeah, Mazda. Thank you so Putting much for having us. Again, you know, at the end of the day, it was the alignment of two great brands. Uh, mm. You know, obviously iHeart, uh, but the Daily Zeitgeist, more importantly, yes. and Mazda. Most importantly. And I think, you look, eventually, I feel like they, they maybe we'll have our own custom car. Yeah. The Zeitmobile. <laughs> the Zeitmobile? Oh, wow, could you imagine? Oh, it's happening. With, like, footnotes just on the side yeah. with racing stripes. We saw those bootleg uh, <laughs> headphones that had the Zeitgeist logo on Oh, on Amazon. Yeah, on yeah. Amazon. Somebody's bootlegging our logo. So maybe we can... We should, no, we this should, should Google. be official. I know, but we should Google, see if anybody's made the Zeitmobile I'm going to talk to Dino after this at Mazda. I'm going to say, look, man, we need the racing car. We need the Daily Zeitgeist car. I want to mop through the streets of L.A. so people already know. I want to, I want them to hear us coming down the street. And w would you mind requesting that we have like a airbrushed portrait of ourselves oh, on the hood, our heads on babies' bodies, like with cherubic? Wings. Yeah, cherubic. Wow. Yeah. Wait, that's the version. Is what? No, that's not a. That's not something that I have on my hard drive. <laughs> it's like you just doing all these iterations of yourself <laughs> as a cherub. You're like, yes, that's your secret flow state. Yeah. Trying to find is. yourself as a cherub. All right, well, follow us uh, on Twitter and Instagram and all that. Yeah, yeah. What it is. Uh, and thanks so much yeah. for listening. We'll talk to you soon. Bye-bye.